Welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. Well, it wasn't a pretty result when we went up to six ways in the Premiership Rugby Cup. We picked the bones out of the 68-13 point defeat and asked, what is the Premiership Rugby Cup all about? On a more positive note, we have a preview of the next league game at home to Northampton with a very special guest from BBC Radio Northampton. Uh, I'm Tony and tonight I'm joined by Lee and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, gentlemen, um, no miles <laughs> this week. Um, oh. <laughs> I think you've got to say what, what is it. We've, got, we've got Miles' um, replacement. We, we have. N- knowing that Miles, uh, <laughs> we're, we're recording at our normal time on a Sunday evening, and uh, Miles said uh, he was detained at work. So, uh, so, so we had the correct amount of space around the microphone at Lee's house. Um, Lee, you've put up a Christmas tree in um, in place of Miles. I did, and to be honest, I think the Christmas tree is definitely better looking, and also contains more rugby knowledge than <laughs> Miles ever could. Though, it's looking good though, boys, isn't it? Come on. It is. It's, it's November the 20th, though. I, I, I've gone got, early. I've got to say... Yeah, Another it, thing that Miles is guilty of. <laughs> it's, it's very early for a Christmas tree, and um, as a Bristol fan, all, all I'm seeing is kind of red and white. It's more of a Gloucester Christmas tree than a, a Bristol tree, Christmas tree. Yeah. It's a Bristol City one. Don't forget, dual nationality, boys. Oh, right, OK. Uh, Pete, how are you, my man? Yeah, good, thanks. Um... Yeah, what's a busy? Well, I don't know actually. I can't remember what I've done this weekend. To be honest, it's one of watched a bit of netball this morning. You know, with my daughters. That is, I, just, I don't just I don't just randomly go and watch netball <laughs> just because I like it. And uh, uh, watched a bit of um, I don't know, clean the house yesterday. Did a bit of cleaning and then watched the England South Africa game. Well, that was nice. Well, there we are. That's the kind of breaking news that you get on this podcast. Pete did a bit of cleaning on Saturday and then watched the rugby. Well, guys. Um, Let's be honest, none of us went to Six Ways and I've seen the highlights, I've seen a little bit of the, um, well, how, how can we describe the um, the full game? It's like one camera, no sound, no commentary. Um, so we're not really talking from a position of strength. But um, By the way, the backs of our shirts look great, though, don't they? I mean, I thought it looked really clean, crisp, that whiteness, you know, it's like, we look good. Going backwards. <laughs> Going backwards. Um, so, 68 points to 13. Um, Pete, <laughs> it, it just it was just one of those days, wasn't it? It was a, a young side that we picked compared to the team that you saw play at Exeter. But let's take no credit away from Worcester. They played really, really well, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, the, the highlights package wasn't pretty. Um and having watched the highlights package, it then forced me to go and watch a bit of the main thing because I thought I got to see Bristol do something <laughs> um, and just sort of see how they generally were. But yeah, I mean, it was what do you expect? You know, a very experimental uh, pack more than anything. And I think this is the problem. The pack got up pretty much destroyed at the line out. The well, to call a phrase, they only got destroyed in three places. <laughs> the scrum, the line-out and the breakdown. <laughs> but apart from that, they were pretty good. But no, I, I, I think it was a... We, we said this last week. It's a good opportunity 
to get some some young lads and wider squad players to experience a bit of pressure, slightly higher level. Uh, clearly, they're going to struggle uh, to to be coherent if they haven't really played together. And it was a pretty experimental front row when you think about it, and that's where it all starts. So I think this is the problem if you you know if you don't have that platform. And then you try and compensate by throwing it around and running out of your 22, which I, I understand was what they did quite a lot of and gave up a lot of mistakes. It's always going to be a bit of a nightmare. And I think the, the big question really is, was it a walloping or was it a thrashing or was it a gobbin? <laughs> a gobbin even. A gobbin, I mean, <laughs> or, or shrubbing or, or, or shellacking. Or, or shellacking. <laughs> to be honest, I think you only use shellacking for special moments. And I think this may well be... Because it's so expensive at the moment, that's what it is. Yeah, well, I, I think if it's over 50 points, it's, it's a shellacking. It's, it's a shellacking, no doubt about it. Um, Lee, looking at that uh, highlights package and a, a little bit of the game, um, I just thought some of our tackling, there were some very limp arms. Uh, and as you say, we saw lots of backs of shirts running uh, after, after their players. Um, yeah. how, how much importance do you put on this result as far as you know the club and our season in general is concerned well I'd like to refer back to actually what Pete said last week you went down to Sandy Park yeah. didn't you and you know you said it the first time in ages you, you could actually watch a game yeah. and there was no pressure you didn't feel any tension at all because it is exactly what the Premiership Cup is for us I think it's you know we're going to we're going to get these experimental squads and, you know, we won last week, this week we didn't. And it's, it, that's what the Premiership Cup's all about for me. It is, it's a chance to blood these youngsters, throw them in, and then and we'll see where they go. And, I mean, I know Jordan Crane said it's a learning curve, and it's exactly what it is, you mm-hmm. know. And some of these youngsters, they'll come in, they'll be better for it, even though, you know, they've experienced a, a horror show. But they will have learnt what is needed to go to step up to that level to compete. Having said that, you know, Pete, we still in this team, we had Klosko who's been in and around the first team for, what, two, two and a bit years? Ed Holmes, you know, a really valuable member of the squad, has played lots of first team games. Mitch Eady, I know he's possibly been a bit out of favour. I think he had a good game. One of the few that maybe had a good game uh, on on Saturday, Nathan Hughes, England international at number eight. Got Yian Lloyd, Welsh international. I think was this his fiftieth? Um, did I see appearance? Yeah. First team appearance. Got Adia Loken. It's got a lot of experience under his belt. There were lots of newbies there, but this wasn't a completely experimental side. We 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 had six players that have got a decent amount of top flight uh, experience. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, it's a hard one because I mean rugby is a yeah, it is a team game in the sense that you do need various parts of the the team working in combination and and I just think it goes back to perhaps, you know, we had a very very inexperienced front row mm. and that's where it really starts and if it, and Ed Holmes, we know Ed Holmes is a good player. The the result yesterday doesn't make him any worse no. a player so in some ways to me that was a game Ed Holmes it was just about getting him to a bit more match fitness so that he potentially may be in the squad for Friday um, so you know you've got to look at like why are some of these players being picked some of them are being picked to just completely blood them like the front row and some of the younger lads some of them are being picked to keep them ticking over uh, to keep them sharp 
uh, you know, it's a difficult one to because we don't know what they think. But if I was a, an Ed Holmes or a Adia Loken or even a Nathan Hughes, are you going to be going absolutely one hundred percent diving in on everything for the cause, knowing that there's a risk that it might risk a higher level of play later on? So I think it's always a very very difficult balance to get. Um, and yeah, and, and I think we also have to give credit to Worcester, as you said. I think we Worcester probably had a stronger side out against us, similar to how we had a stronger side out against Exeter last week. Mm. And I mean, there was a couple of those Worcester guys when I looked at the highlights in the match. They looked like hardcore. I mean, we were missing tackles, but they were they were ripping the, mm. they were hitting the defence at, at pace. And so it's a combination of all of it, you know. And you can't just can rely on individuals all the time to, to to carry a team. There has to be some sort of cohesion. No, but I would say that I think it it, it is also a test of the the senior players that Pat did put into that that mm. that team personally. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a test of of to see how they would step up and look after the youngsters. And whereas at Sandy Park, you know, we I know we did a few more older Eds on the pitch. But I don't think the the older statesmen that were in, you know, the senior players that were in this side kind of stepped up quite as well as they did last week. But like I said, I mean, there was positives. I mean, you just said then Mitch E.D. and he set, you know, set up one of the tries and it was lovely to see him actually running the, the rugby ball again. And I think, you know, I think my from my understanding of, of having watched a bit of it and having read a bit of stuff from people that were actually there, despite the result looking pretty horrendous, I think the fact of the matter is we were still trying to play rugby and a lot of the problem was that we were getting ourselves into pickles in dangerous places and we were knocking on, you know, when we were trying to run it out of our 22 and stuff like that. And, you know, we could say, well, what's the alternative to that? Just be boring and, like, kick it. And exactly. What's the That's point right. of doing that? There's, yeah. there's it, the, People like Yoan Lloyd, I, from what I saw before he went off, he, he looked like he... He had quite a good game. He was, you know, we know that he likes to to use his twinkle toes and sidestep and he made one amazing break and then I think offloaded it to um, Frisch who was going to, who dropped it on the line. And that, you know, that was, I think that was when Jordan Crane in the post-match said that if we'd scored that, we would have got back to to five points behind and, you know, whoever, you know, who knows? And these little moments by, so I think we just got to look at a game like that. You look at, good things that happen in little small packages and like that Mitch Eady, Mitch Eady broke yeah. a nice little break offloaded to Strang yeah he'll go back Mitch Eady will give him a lot of confidence having not played at all for ages that he knows he can still do it at that level so I just think we look we don't worry too much about the overall result we look at any positives that we can bring out in you know little packages absolutely mm-hmm. yeah um, and uh we can't say it was a turning point because we were already five tries behind. Yeah. But the uh, the Powell red card, Lee, no no doubt about that. Oh, he had to about, go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it, you know you can't you can't defend the undefendable, can you? And I think you know Charlie Powell learned from that. I mean, it it was yeah, it was a it was a sh- complete straight red all day long, wasn't it? I mean, I think yeah. we all agree on that. I don't think it was vicious. He just uh, completely yeah. mistimed it, didn't he? Took the guy out who was having a wonderful game there. Yeah, yeah. they're fifteen. Um, you had a hell of a game as well. Didn't yeah, you? but I, th- I think he clobbered himself. You you were saying as well. He looked a bit groggy, pal. <laughs> he did. I mean, I, I wonder whether he, he was done by the pitch a little bit as well. The the Astro because it looked to me that when he. He didn't get his feet in any sort of position to try and get off the ground to jump for the ball, and and you know it's a fast pitch, isn't it? It's almost like he couldn't put the brakes on, and yeah, I mean when he went off on the highlights, all you see is 
is Billy Searle just starting to give him a little pat, say, unlucky, mate. But in the main thing, when you watch the whole thing, you then see Charlie Powell start wandering around in circles and he, he starts to head back towards, it looks like he's going back towards the team. And they're obviously they're like, no, you, you've got to go off, mate. So then he's kind of saying, sorry. And then everyone's, you know, then he doesn't know where to go. It was so like, the poor lad, it he just trudged off, yeah. It reminded me of the boxer who's, who's taken a right ball yeah, up in yeah. and, he, and he gets up off the canvas and he goes to the wrong corner. corner. It was and a bit like the, the cornerman's saying, yeah. no, 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 you're on the I mean, wrong corner. We shouldn't, we shouldn't yeah, belittle... The dangers of like no, head injuries no, and stuff no, like that. Really. But I did feel a bit sorry for him because, um, yeah, it was one of those classics, you know, when when somebody gets smashed and they're all over the place and then the first thing they see is the red card as they get up. You do feel a little bit sorry for him. But, Almost you know, like Miles on a Saturday night when was, he comes out with us. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but I think, uh, yeah, it was, it was a definite red. I don't think he'll get too much grief from the club when they look back at it. It was just it, it, these things happen at fast pace, don't they? So hopefully it won't put him his confidence back at all. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, but clearly, I mean, that's going to be him out for uh, yeah. a few few games. Combination of yeah. a HIA and, uh, and and a red card. Um, what what do you guys think about the 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 competition itself? Because I've noticed a lot on social media and some people in some of the rugby media uh, also talking about, you know, do people really care about this competition? What does it actually do? And is there an opportunity to maybe next year expand it and bring the championship teams in? I'm going to come to to you firstly. What what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I think if the championship kind of if it can be configured in a way that the championship if we get the best of the championship squads then <clears throat> I'd be all for it but if it if it was going to dilute the competition at all and I think obviously the the kind of b sides of the premiership teams are always going to be stronger than you know a, a kind of makeshift championship side but if we can get it into a format that actually works with the strongest championship teams playing, then why not? Because it's, you know, it's, it's still going to be great for our youngsters because they're going to be playing against, you know, championship sides, which a lot of our players are already out on loan to anyway. Mm. Um, but if it enhances the competition, I'm all for it. If it's going to dilute it, then, then obviously it's a, it's a no-go for me. I'd rather keep the same format that we've already got. And Pete, what about you? You know, can you see the, you know, as a, the wider rugby family, the excitement that you'd get if Cornish Pirates were hosting Exeter Chiefs or, I don't know, London Scottish uh, or Richmond had a Harlequins to, to play? You know, sure, surely that would be good for bringing the championship teams along, giving them the opportunity to test themselves uh, against uh, some of these up-and-coming uh, premiership players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think in principle, I like the idea of this Premiership Cup for what it offers the opportunity of wider squad players. And that's the principle that I think needs to be preserved, that uh, that it's an opportunity for academy, wider squad to play, not is to play at the, the Premiership stadiums with a, you know, a half decent crowd watching against a potential mix of experience and inexperience because that's the only way they're really going to get Matt Sharp for Premiership rugby and you know a lot of them play dual registration for, for Championship sides or even club sides and that's brilliant 
but it's not the same. Mm. Now, the problem is, I, I kind of agree with you and Lee that if it, I do like the idea of, of bringing the, a, a strong championship clubs into this because that would be also a, a good competition for them. But I'm, I, I don't know whether if they went down to Cornish Pirates to play, is it the same as Cornish Pirates coming up to Ashton Gate? Would our academy or why do people get the most out of it? I think we've, as fans, we want our players to get the most out of that situation. Um, the problem we've got, I guess, is that, you know, how the timings, I mean, if you get more clubs into it, where are you going to put these fixtures? This this two weeks fitted quite nicely into the Autumn Internationals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was certainly better, I think, this two weeks, having it in the two weeks than a couple of seasons ago when we had it as a kind of pre-season. Because of the World, yeah. the World yeah. Cup. And yeah. I know that they kind of seems like they use the Premiership Cup to, to keep things ticking over. But I quite like the fact that we had this two weeks. So we had a mix of kind of first team players keeping fresh or coming back plus the academy it, it seemed to work and I, and I think I think you've got to remember at the end of the day what's good for the paying fan what's good for the you know we, yeah. we want to watch we want to watch as much rugby as possible and if, it, if, if this can be done in a, a way that makes it worthwhile and we learn something about our team and I, I think it's a good thing and it's easy for kind of pundits and media types <laughs> to kind of say, oh, you know, it's too much stuff. What about player welfare? It's too much rugby. It's like, well, no, think about the fans. Think about what we pay to see. We, you know, it's, they're all, a lot yeah, of our clubs I mean, are embedded in local areas with local players. We want to see them. I mean, this is the only, this if, is a good opportunity for If us. it can be integrated and, then, and, it, and it all works fine for the premiership teams and the championship teams, then that's fine. But, I mean, it's all got to work, hasn't it? Because as a spectacle, that's exactly what we want. Yeah. We want to see a competitive game when we go down there we want to see our youngsters playing at Ashton Gate but also we want to see them playing against a competitive side so if it is a championship or a sort of premiership team fair enough and I I know you personally Tony would love to see the Cornish Pirates come up and and, and pop down there for an away game I know oh, but... Jersey you know Doncaster yeah. there's yeah. some you know Bedford there's some great traditional English rugby teams and I think the you know, even that team that went to Worcester, if you seeing players like Nathan Hughes play live, yeah. um, would be you know a huge Wait fan. Did Nathan play? I think he did. He Let's played, get played, played, played it all. <laughs> but you know, you yeah. know Lloyd, yeah. Welsh prospect. Um, yeah. You know Ed Holmes, Cornish boy. Can you imagine yeah. him at a yeah. partisan? Uh, Penzance probably packed to the rafters to see mm. a Bristol or an Exeter play. Yeah. I think it would really do something for the game. I, I, ju- I just feel that this cup is such a meh. It's but you know, but you, yeah, say yeah. That, but you say that, but look at I mean, there was lots of running rugby in these two weeks, there's been loads of tries. And then the trouble is, if you take a, a Prem 2.0 squad down to Pirates, they're just going to try and beat you up, aren't they? They're just it, it could turn into a kind of just a mess. Oh, we do. Are we going to learn anything? Are they going to really learn anything from that? I mean, you think about when Saracens went down to Cornish Pirates last season, and I think Vincent Cock or whatever said, you know, there's stuff that gets they get away with down here that you know is outrageous. But that is that really going to is that going to help any of our prospects to just go down and and get, no, get but, beaten up by you're looking a bunch at, of Cornishmen? You're looking at it from our point of view. But what yeah. I think what Tony's saying is that we need to we need yeah. to kind of I agree that divide needs to kind of we need to find a way to get that balance mm. to introduce the championship teams in mm. at some point because 
you know, we will have promotion relegation again from from next season. So although dilated, but yeah. not not next season. Yeah. Next Sorry, season, season after season yeah. after, and they're talking about aren't they that playoff? And you've got to you know you've got to think if it's a two leg playoff, a Premiership team with a, a five million pounds squad budget. He's already uh, taken the, the best of the championship players yeah, out of it. Against the team that finishes top, you know, the odds are already stacked in their favour. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, and you have a look at the fixtures. It's worked really well for these first two fixtures. But because we're in this group of five, the next round, do you know when the round that we have the bye, yeah. when that's being played? Tell us, Tone. I don't. Well, there's no point in asking me. Yeah. You know, I don't watch. It's it's got to be played between the Boxing Day game and the New Year's Day game. I see. Yeah. So it's going to be a midweek game uh, that those teams are going to play. We have to wait four months now to play our final two fixtures. The final one is going to be sandwiched in between two Premiership games as well. Mm. And I just think things like this just la- yeah. loses the credibility of the tournament. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. I, I want to see our youngsters playing really competitive teams. But I think it, the, the A-League is where, where we need to be. Yeah. And I almost wonder that once we get to 14 teams, I know there's always the question mark about, you know, is it fair that some of the big teams lose all their internationals and can't field a, you know, a strong enough team? But we're going to be up to 26 uh, fixtures. Mm. You know, do, do we get the A-League sorted, scrap the Premiership Cup even, and because there's more league games, just keep the league games well, going? I mean, there's no doubt if we did, if we, if there was a stronger A-League, then that would be absolutely, that would completely overtake the, the Premiership Cup games, in my opinion, anyway. Mm. It, it's a much stronger competition. You know, you're going to be seeing those players, aren't you? You know, week in, week out in the A League, and you know it's it's sad that that we don't get that now. Just know? just out of interest, and I mean, there must be there'll be someone out there who, who knows the answer to this, and maybe even you two. But I mean, why isn't there an A? What what is the reason why there is no parallel reserve team league that can just run just like a league, like every other? Like local league, there's there's oh, fixtures. What? Why aren't it was there already there, wasn't it? It was in place. You know, well, well, I mean, it, it got scrapped because of COVID. I'm yeah. not sure if it's back, but it's funny, isn't it? It's bitty. Like you, yeah. you play two or three weeks, yeah. and then there's nothing but for one month. I don't understand why you can't just have a, a, a parallel fixture list uh, yeah. mm. that you're almost playing the B side of, of every Ooh, team you play. Yeah, that Saturday, you know, it's just and it's done. I know that there's obviously there's things you have to iron out like where and logistics, but but that's kind of. I mean, there's teams playing sport at every single level all around the country, everywhere. So I don't understand how it can't be. And is it money? Is it is it logistics? Is it the fact you've got to book another coach to send? I don't I don't really understand why you can't just no, have a parallel be- league. Because all these pre- all the Premiership teams have all all got squads big enough to be able to yeah, send. Yeah, I mean, this is the a, thing we, a, we've know. got the squads, so well, we've got you, the personnel. You say that though, but you think you take twenty three away. On a match day yeah. squad, plus probably two or three backups. Mm. So you'd probably take 26, 27, yeah. 28 players. Yeah. Now you say it. At, at, throw in a few injuries and a few suspensions, and actually, are you then supplementing this A League mm. with academy or loan players? But then those players are still getting match day experience, aren't they? And it will still be at a higher level because you're still going to have those, those first team yeah. players that aren't. 
I think Tony's right. probably right. I mean, you, when you think about it, it is a, it's quite a big resource risk. But I suppose you could halve the fixtures and just play, don't play home and away. You just play each other once. There's a way of doing it, I'm and sure. And spread is. it out over every two weeks or something like that. I, don't, I just, well, I think just like it, to know what, what the thinking is. There doesn't mm, appear to be any strategic yeah. thinking anyway. When it was running two or two or three years ago, there was it was a Southern Conference yeah. and a Northern Conference, wasn't it? And yeah. then you played each team once, I think, three home, three away. And actually the team that would, was relegated down to the um, championship still kept the team. It was the, you know, the... the yeah. Uh, full, yes. full, full gamut of... of Mm. Uh, premiership clubs so yeah. anyway an, an, interest, an interesting one and um, hopefully that will spark a bit of debate but uh, yeah as far as the players are concerned we have to wait till mid-March now so a four month gap before we take on Bath and Gloucester at Ashton Gate in March uh, okay well let's get back to the big action and that's uh, this Friday Bristol are in league action against Northampton. And before we talk about it, uh, let's uh, Pete's Premiership preview is back after a few weeks. And uh, Pete managed to get hold of uh, a, a new uh, person to give us some insight from the, the Northampton side of things. So uh, let's listen to Pete's interview now. I am uh, very happy to be joined by Graham McKechnie, who is uh, BBC New- Northampton sports editor. Um, thanks very much for joining us, Graham. I really appreciate My it <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon. So, uh, yeah, it is it is appreciated. So let's get straight into it. Um, so I would probably say from my observations, uh, a mixed start to the season for the Saints. Um, started with three wins, but ultimately now are on four wins and three losses, um, including perhaps... Uh, a heavy one in the derby against Leicester, but you have scored 25 tries and, and with three bonus points. So taking all this, all of this into account, I mean, how would you summarise Saints' overall sort of performance in the first quarter of the season? Well, I think I'd probably say it's, it's disappointingly inconsistent, really. Uh, and that was what we saw last year from the Saints. That's all pre-season out of this season. That The message from the coaches have been that it's the consistency they're looking for. Uh, but it's still not really there. The Saints can be so good sometimes. Uh, they can be a joy to watch on occasion. Uh, and we thought, we thought they might have got over some of these inconsistencies until you mentioned the derby. And that's really tainted the whole of the start of the season for Saints. I'm mean, losing to anybody by 50 points at home would be a bitter, bitter pill. But to lose to Leicester, and I don't even think Leicester are that great. Saints really flattered them that afternoon. The score ran away with them towards the end anyway, when they were chasing it. But that was a really disappointing afternoon for everyone at Saints. And so overall, well, I I suppose we can't be too churlish and complain too much because the results have been mixed. They're, They're sitting okay in the table but I think that it's a little bit of a sense of disappointment that they really haven't pushed on as we thought they had done. I mean, um, would you say that uh, that Saints have got an, a clear identity or game plan, or, or is this maybe part of the problem with their inconsistency? They're not quite sure about what their their identity is. Well, I think they, they I think they do have an identity, and I think it's uh, something Chris Boyd has brought to the club over the last few years. Uh, and, and they can be so attractive to watch. They've got these, right from the day one, he said, for him, it was about young English talents that he wants to bring through. And that's what Saints have done. And if you look at the team, 
not just the team that's played in the last couple of weeks in the Premiership Cup, but by and large, the team uh, that, that they would pick when everyone's available. A lot of them have come through the academy and a lot of them are young and English. Uh, and they do play very attractive uh, rugby. Uh, where they come unstuck is when they come up against a team who bullies them. Uh, and that's been a problem for the last couple of seasons. Uh, Leicester are one of those bullies. Sale would be another, who Saints also lost to recently. Sale, I suppose, in many ways are the, uh, the, the team that Saints would least like to play against. The way that Sale play the game is almost the antithesis to the way, to the way that Saints are trying to play. But unfortunately, at the moment, what they can't, or what they can't work out regularly enough is how to play and how to beat those teams who just come to try and keep it tight and grind them into the dust, which oddly and perversely, it gives me hope for this Friday mm. because Saints and Bristol actually played in a not dissimilar way. Bristol have played that style of rugby rather better than Saints in recent years, obviously. But when they play Bristol, they're, they're usually pretty good games. Mm. And I actually think that they are the sort of team that Saints can beat. Mm. No, I agree with you. I mean, we've had the same problem with Sale. I mean, we lost both games than last season. Exactly the same thing. We we got kind of bullied up front and we couldn't get going at all. So, yeah, no, it's, I think you're right, actually. I think it, it's always a fixture that definitely in the last couple of seasons that, that Bears fans have kind of looked forward to in terms of it's going to be a good game, but obviously with a bit of trepidation because you, it is quite hard to, to, to predict what will happen. I mean, before we talk about the game on Friday, I just thought um, it'd be nice to ask you, I mean, which... Which players have really kind of stood out this season, and, and are there any young ones that Bristol fans should should be looking out for? Well, look, you've got to start with Courtney Laws and Dan Bigger, uh, the two Lions, the key to Saints really, and uh, Alex Mitchell at scrum half as well. I think even more so than Courtney Laws, it's the halfbacks that really matter for Saints. When when Mitchell and Bigger play well, Saints play well, and when they're away, uh, as they have been uh, quite a lot with international call-ups and the like. Then, then Saints are nowhere near as good. They're the obvious names to mention those three. In terms of the young players, well, uh, I mean, I'd still classify George Furbank as a young player, and uh, he's playing really well for Saints at the moment. He had a he had a tough time with England the first time around. And Eddie Jones has done this to lots of players over the years, hasn't he? He picks them, he builds them, and then he drops them and discards them. Yeah. Well, actually, Furbank is someone that Eddie Jones does seem to yeah. really rate. Uh, he, he's versatile. I think he's probably a future fly half of Saints rather than a future fullback, but I'd still classify him as uh, one of the young stars. And one that you might not know as well is Fraser Dingwall in midfield, the centre. Uh, he is not flash. He is not lightning fast. He is uh, he is not particularly a flair player, but he does everything very, very well. Defensively, he's brilliant. He's so bright. They've talked about Fraser for a long time now. I think he's 21, 22 now. But even when he was in the academy, they said he's so intelligent. His eyes are constantly looking around defences, reading the defence. On a, an aside, I think Fraser Dingwall has a decision to make about if he plays for England or Scotland. He's been picked a few times by Eddie Jones in the wider squad without ever playing. I'd like to see him play for Scotland. I think he'd probably get 50 caps for Scotland. But he's one I would really look out for if he's fit and playing. Uh, he's probably, I think, been Saints' best player consistently over the season so far. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's obviously you've mentioned... Uh... Friday night coming. I mean, we've had a little interlude with the Prem Cup, and I and and I think I mean we, us like you, we've won one, lost one. We put out quite a lot of young players. I mean, it, it was interesting. It's good to good for 
academy to get a run out and so on but I think uh, obviously everyone's now looking forward to uh, Friday night at the gate uh, um, hopefully with a light show because that seems to be uh, the way forward for uh, for a lot of uh, teams now so presumably you'll have um, Mitchell and Bigger back um, so uh, how do you think it's going to go on Friday then? I've almost given up trying to predict Saints uh, just because they are so bafflingly inconsistent but I I do think this is the sort of game they can win Uh, and I I don't mean that uh, in any way disrespectfully to to, to Bristol but I think it's because Bristol is the sort of team that Saints like playing against Uh, I mentioned Sale already who are uh, like the anti-Saints uh, and the way they go about it, and Leicester and Saracens too. But Bristol are uh, thrown around. Uh, they play attacking, exciting rugby like Saints, uh, and they're not bullies. So, look, they might try and play that way against Saints to try and beat them because that's definitely the way, the best way to go about it. But I, I think Saints will look at this game and they'll look at Bristol as almost kindred spirits and thinking we can definitely win this one. They should have won the last, certainly the last game. The last, there's been a couple of occasions recently when Saints have been down to Ashton Gates and they probably should have won. A couple of decisions have gone against them uh, and they've also just not been able to close games out. And so that gives me a little bit of hope for it from a Saints perspective. But uh, it, they could just as easily lose by 20, 30 points. That is what Saints are like at the moment. They are brilliant on occasion, but uh, they can have us tearing our hair out at other occasions as well because defensively sometimes they can be very fragile. Well, I think I think you're right. I think either way, it's it's going to be a good uh, it's going to be a good game, and and we've always had good games against Saints. And I think, as you said, we 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 do look forward to that in the fixture list. And obviously, we do have a connection through through Pat Lamb, who I assume is still yeah. seen as a, a bit of a living legend in Northampton. He's loved, yeah, he's loved in Northampton. His time as a player was relatively short at Saints, but it was when they won the Heineken Cup. Uh, so he is uh, he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he only played about seventy games, but he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's a really popular man. Uh, he achieved a lot in his time here at Saints. Uh, I like the way he has uh, been playing down in Bristol. Uh, I've always enjoyed going down to Ashton Gate. There have been some really good games as well, and the Memorial Ground for that. Uh, I, I think there are similarities between Bristol and Northampton as clubs, uh, a fixture which has been going back well, well over a century, isn't it? So this is one of those great occasions. I always enjoy Saints against Bristol, and I'll, I'm looking forward very much to coming back on Friday. Brilliant. Well, uh, thanks very much. I really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, let's hope it's a great game. Look forward to it. Thank you very much. Well, that was great, Pete. It is. New, new, new man, BBC Northampton sports editor. Yeah. Quite a coup. I was, yeah, he was, uh, I mean, as has been, as I have discovered through this kind of what we might just call side project over the last season or two, is that there's lots of willing people out there at all levels from opposition clubs who are very happy to to engage and and debate and and give us real insight into their own teams and uh, Graham was 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 uh, was absolutely definitely one of those lovely bloke and and really appreciated him kind of giving up his his Sunday afternoon for a and actually I've got to let you into a secret we had a real problem with the recording we had to do it we had to do I had to re-record the second half I had to ring him up and ask him if he didn't mind coming on again and we had to re-record the last question um, so yeah and he was very to nice. see where his professional yeah, I know I, I did sort of but I did say I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed you're like you know BBC sports kind of Everton and I'm, I'm showing up my amateur credentials here a little bit but yeah he was very nice so very supportive so yeah I'm glad really glad to get him on board it, to the Pete's Premiership it could preview. have been worse Miles could have done the interview well, and then he's exactly. been really struggling yeah. <laughs> um, okay 
let's uh, let's look at the game then. Uh, now, obviously, we had uh, that that win going into the Premiership Rugby Cup. Um, how importantly is it to 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 get another win under our belt? Now we've got this game, we've got Gloucester, and then we go into the European Champions Cups game. So, how important to us this our season? Is this game against Northampton? Well, I think, I think it's huge, Tate. I think it's huge. Uh, I mean, you know, in the in the league now, we're starting to turn in the corner. Um, I think we're starting to trust in the system again. I think we've got to get at least a win out of this game. Saints are always going to be a tough side to play against, but we've got to get at least a win out of this. So I'm not going to do the big one and think we're going to get a bonus point win or anything, but. Winning is the most important thing I think this week. If you if you think that we are one three lost four, they are one four lost three. Mm. You know it's we're five points behind them, and and to me, Saints have made a good start to the season. Mm. So you know one win on Friday, and as you say, I think a bonus point win, you know, is is a bit extravagant to assume that. But if we could get a victory, suddenly we're only one point behind them, yeah. and we're looking we're on four and four. And it's looking brighter. And I, and I know you said, Tone, that the Worcester game is like a, a crucial game. But it kind of feels like at this point we need to start dragging ourselves up a little bit. Yeah. We are only a quarter of the way through the season. So I think uh, if we if we were going off to Gloucester with four and four, I think we'd be feeling, you know, on 19 points and up mid-table, I think we'd be feeling confident. Yeah. And uh, the climb starts So I think, I think there is an incentive for the Bears... Not just the fact it's a Friday night at the gate again, which has got its excitement, is that there's a real incentive to say this is a real. We could really get our season. It'll be we're 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 on the track. We're back on that track. We just need to go up the gears a little bit now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, absolutely. I think if you look at the start of the season or even where we are now, we'd be disappointed. I think if we finished below either Gloucester or Northampton. Uh, with with the squad that we've got, maybe that's a bit of a bold statement. To well, no, I don't think that's bold at all. I think that's that's reasonable to expect. That I think we sh- we should the squad that we've got. Once we now we're getting these injured players back again mm. as well now, and I think that's absolutely merit merited that we should finish above both those sides. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's. We didn't really get any sighters from the uh, Premiership Rugby Cup squad that went to Worcester, whether some of our, our, our walking wounded would be back uh, for this game. So um, I'm going to come to you first, Pete. Give me your thoughts on who might start in the, the, the pack. Yeah, I think, well, obviously Sinclair will be back. So I uh, assume he didn't, he looked pretty chipper after that win against the South Africans. So I think, I hope he hasn't picked up any and he knocks and I think if Kyle's fit and he's happy we want him back in that side because uh, we need to, to to get strong and I think I think uh, I mean potentially Jan Thomas or Max Laheef might start at uh, loose head I'm assuming John Afoa is still still out recuperating and then Hooker could go for Hooker this is the Hooker could be I think it's hard to call I mean it could be Thacker or it could be Kerr I think it would be one of those two um, and either would be fine. I, I I just got a feeling it. Jake Kerr's fit. I just wonder whether we might start with him as a bit a bit more grunt to start with because I think as Graham said on the on the, the the preview that Northampton don't struggle when they get bullied a little bit and uh, 
but you know, having said that, I was thinking about what he said, and I think it's some of the the players they've got in their pack are pretty yeah, hardcore. Yeah. You know, I mean, Laws will be back and, you know, they've got Ribbons, haven't they? And Harrison, I guess. And yeah. there's a few. Anyway, so so I think we've got to go pretty solid. I think we've got to go hard up front. And like we said at Worcester, the game on Saturday, when you've got a very weak front row, it's not a good starting point. So we've got to go hard on the front. So I'm going to go Sinclair, Kerr, Jan Thomas to start. And then I think we've got to go back to what's worked well for us is Atwood Joyce. Yeah. The Bristol Spine. To to go down to go to you know at home on a Friday night, and just reminding those Saints boys that you know there's a, there's some solid Bristolian spine in our team, and then I can't see at the moment anywhere beyond our own little bomb squad in the back row, Jeffries, Heenan, and Harding. I just feel that they got such momentum in those two games as a as a unit that I feel that they that would they would they look like a good combo. Now some people might suggest. Dan Thomas might start for Heenan. I don't, maybe, but I don't know. I just think we've got we've got to be we've got to hit Northampton hard up front. I think, and I think I just like that combination, that back row combination of of never say die mobility and you know skill as well. So mm. yeah, I'm just thinking. I'm, yeah, that's what I think. So you're ruling out Luatoa and well, Morris I, I should yeah, yeah. I should clarify that I can't necessarily see. Well, I mean, I did think about this because I have written down Vui Luatua next I, to my list. I can't see that, can you? And no, not Mo- at all. The thinking I was thinking is, would you, Teacher if they Hawaii. are fit, would you throw them back in straight away? Or would they be benched? I mean, this is the thing where I was going to come to. I I was... Because uh, Jeffries, Heenan and Harding have, have, have got a good bit of momentum with them and seem to play well together. Yeah. And I mean, obviously I want Vui Luatua to be in the team, but... Do we throw him back in or do do we put on the bench? So, you know, it's I don't know. It's a big question mark. And I understand why you're saying that. If if there was anybody that would come back in, it would probably be Lua Tua, I'd mm. imagine, for probably Jake Heenan, I would have thought. Because Heenan is, you know, he is our, our kind of universal in and out man and will do what has to be done for the team. Yeah. Because I do think Jeffries at the moment is offering us a, a great, like, a great um, option with alongside... He's, he's getting better and better. He's just getting better every game, game. Yeah. and, and yeah. you know, I th- I think someone like Jeffrey's playing with Fitz Harding is making Fitz Harding a better player as well because I think it's giving Fitz Harding that freedom to 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 really express himself. So, yeah, I mean, it, it could be Lua Tua, and it could be Vui in at yeah. maybe for for perhaps for Joycey or Atwood. I mean, it could I think we need one of those two. Atwood or Joyce, one of those has got to be in our but, second But again, we're, we, we don't know, do we? So we, we, we don't, don't know how no. close they are to coming back. But I just feel we, we've got to make a statement in that first half. Mm. We've got to be, we've got to go at Saints because they're going to have some of, they're going to have Mitchell back, Bigger back. Yeah. They've got some good players. Oh, when we say that we should beat players. them, I just, I'm just wondering a little bit, we were being a little bit blasé about on balance. I mean, as Graham said in the thing, I mean, they are a very similar side to us. They've got a, a great mix of young English players who have got loads of skill and pace. Well, when they've Bigger got plays for them, yeah. they're and a when, different well, When Bigger and Mitchell play well, yeah. they play well, we've got to stop that happening. Yeah. So we've got to stop that at source. And that means we've got to go with whoever is absolutely 100% fit, which is why I wonder, would you put someone who's been out injured for a month I, straight I in? Mm, uh, that's my thought. 
Oh, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because maybe I was being a little rash there saying that, you know, this this is the kind of team that we need to beat. And if you look back over the last what, two, couple of seasons, both home and away have tended to be pretty pretty tight yeah. games that have gone yeah. right down to the wire. Well, even when Saints had a... We were having an awful run last season, weren't they? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Chris Boyd and they came here and they, they gave us a real run yeah, for Bedlam our money. kicks last minute. That's right, yeah. last minute winner. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, the ideas on the pack. Lee, who do you think might come into uh, and uh, start in the backs? Well, I mean, obviously, I think... I don't know if Pete might disagree with this, but <laughs> I think Pete might, might put an Andy Uren. But I don't know if I'd go for Whiteley in this game because, it, you know, I know what you're saying about, you know, keeping it solid... You're running in Chidi as the halfbacks. But I don't know if I'd give... I, I think we've seen enough from Whiteley that he just gives us that little bit of burst. It could... Uh, Northampton are a strong side, right? But not a quick side if you hit them, if you hit them on a break. And I don't know if Whiteley coming in would be exactly what we would need at that particular point in time. That's my own you, opinion. You keep now, going and then we'll, we'll comment. Okay. So who else have you got down on your list? Your list? Well, in in the centres, I mean, obviously. What about Flyaf? Oh, Flyaf. Well, we obviously we we got Sheets, haven't we? Yeah, and he's had, he's had a rest week, hasn't yeah. he? Sheets, she's got to be in. You know, I, sorry, I thought that was, I thought that was, yeah, obvious, no. obvious. So I didn't mention it. Well, it's at a bit all. disrespectful for Tiff Eden. Well, it is, but unfortunately, I, I can't see him getting back into this team ever. But as much as we love him, we're big fans yeah. on the pod, but. So, I mean, obviously my centres would be... Piers O'Connor has obviously got to play. And I, I think Pete might have had maybe Jack Bates in. Um, but I don't know if I would go with Lua Tua. Um, Lua Tua. <laughs> uh, Leua, well, he, he's, Lua. Not, he's not putting him in the pack. <laughs> so, he can still play there. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he have you job. seen him kick him? Have he, you seen him? Yeah, he do he a could, job. He could play for fly out as well. But no, I, I think I would have Alapati. Yeah. In because I think he's done enough. And since we slated him for having no legs, he's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, so would so, you have him at inside centre? Yes. Connor outside centre? Yeah. 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 That's what I would do. And then obviously, I mean, we've got Piotr fullback. Yeah. And for me, Lukey Boy. Yeah. On one wing. Where are we going with the other wing? Well, this is your so, pundit. This is what you yeah. need to you well, need to put <clears throat> your colours to the mass. Again, my man. we we don't know how far away Purdy is, do we? That's the thing. I mean, if 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 everyone was fit and well, it's got to be for me. I, I know Pete's going to disagree because you because you will say Fricker because he's in he's the man in the in the hot seat. Yeah. No, I, I know. I genuinely think he's the man in the hot seat. Yeah. I think he did enough. In those two games, and we scored three tries in two games. Yeah, and he okay. played. He looked against Exeter in that first Prem Cup last week. He looked class. He looked and, class above a lot of them. And to be fair, to drop him after that would yeah. be would yeah. be really awful. But but for me, it's like yeah, okay, Fricker. But then if Purdy's back, we got Purdy on the bench to to step in. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's interesting. I think you can you can look at the team, uh, you know, Bates is, I think, unlikely to play in the centre because he's played these last two games. Leua hasn't, ha- has been rested. Um, so I, I think he'll be in. Piers, yeah, absolutely. 
I think Andy Urin will start at nine. I can't. I can't see any way that he he wouldn't. I, I know what you, you, you yeah, where you're coming yeah. from, but I think Whiteley to come on if necessary for 10, 15 minutes at the end. Um, yeah, and I, I I think the rest kind of pick, picks themselves. I think Morahan. I think Fricker. I think Piertau. Uh It'll be interesting to see who who we then bring through on the bench. Um, the versatile you know. players. Well, you're gonna you're gonna have one of Thacker or Kerr, aren't you? Yeah. Bedlow's got to be there, hasn't you, he? You, you're probably gonna have um, you're gonna have in the front row if 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 it is Jan, say uh, Kerr and um, Sinclair, you're probably gonna have Lahif, Thacker, and I don't know, maybe Armstrong. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not sure Ashley Challenger, despite the excitement of his getting. A contract, which is brilliant for the lad. Yeah. yeah. Based on what I saw, I, I I think he's got he'll have to work a little bit harder to get on the first team bench. But yeah, and I mean there. it's it's wonderful and congratulations yeah. actually yeah. for 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 getting that. I mean it must be a dream come true. So we wish you every success uh, at, at Bristol Bears. But you've got to think you get to the age of twenty six and you've played kind of Hartbury, you've played Dings. You know, you, you you've got to be some late developer to 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 really start pushing for a place against the likes of a Foa and Sinclair. Um, so, uh, but you know, what one thing I do wonder is, you know, John Foa, what what actually is wrong with him? Because the mm. fact that we've brought Ashley Challenger in, yeah. um, you know, does does that kind of signal that maybe John's not going to be back anytime soon? We've got Armstrong as well. Um, is is Pat starting to to think? Well, Challenger might not be anywhere near a starting Premiership uh, tight head, but if I need someone on the bench in case there's an injury and I have to bring somebody on, you know, he can is, fill the, is he there? Fill the and obviously for the Premiership Rugby yeah. Cup as well uh, and and A League. Any 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 thoughts on that uh, backline that uh, Lee noted down? Uh, I, I I kind of agree with him on. Layer actually, I, I was a Bates man, and uh, but I think the point you made about him starting all four of all of these games probably put him on the bench. I mean, I do, I do like the cut of his jib. I think yeah. he is mm. he is our future in the centre. Agreed. Um, just just like the way he struts and swaggers. Um, but we, I think you're right. I think Lu, 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 sorry, Alapati, Lu, yeah, <laughs> has. Has has done well, and I think the fact he's been rested does does suggest that he'll probably start there. And a bit um, more physicality, a bit more experience. physicality. I mean, as as Graham pointed out on the Premiership preview, Fraser Dingwall, he, he who's playing in the centre for them, is a is a is a is a good player, and and sounds like a you know an intelligent sort of player. So we need to be wary of someone like him because. Mm. Um, so I think we need to go face to face, and I think a bit of experience would be is what we need there. So yeah, I mean, I think Uren is our Uren is a system player, isn't he? And I think we are going to have a system. Yeah. We always have a system, but I think we are going to. I think when you you've got a, well, yeah, I think Tom uh, Tom Whiteley, I couldn't have done any more mm. to to start his career at the Bears. I mean, and he will get his chance, but I and I think he will come on. There's no doubt about it, and he may well come on, and he may well score. A great sniping try or two, and that would be superb. But I just think Pat has got a lot of faith in Andy Ren, and uh, and we have as well. So I, I think he'll start. That's, that's, I'm not just going from you know past games with with Saints because they've always been strong against us. And I think someone like Whiteley for me 
just gives us that little yeah, bit no, like I... that Randall-ish type of yeah. spark yeah. that Saints it's... won't be looking for it. Uren will give us the the solidity, yeah. but Whiteley gives us that little bit. It just makes them think a little bit more, you know, yeah. and as much as they've got the bulk, when you've got a little guy who's doing things that, you know, they, they have no, they, they actually can't stop. Once he breaks that first mm. defence, they're, they're, they're in trouble. So, but Uren probably will start as you, as you guys, you know, have just said. So, but it's it's a lovely option to have on the bench, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you think when Randall's back, uh, you know, we are really strong with those those three uh, scrum halves. I think all come on uh, and and can do a job. So uh, you know, that's one position uh, that you know what when all three are fit. Yeah. You know they are all challenging each other. I think to 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 up their game. Well, and, and with the, AJ coming in as well, I mean halfbacks now. We're, I think we're pretty we're pretty sorted there, aren't we? Well, yeah. I mean, I I did the uh, our article for the Bristol Post, and uh, funny enough, didn't dwell too much on the the Worcester game, but did talk about uh, McGinty coming in, um, and you know some of the things we discussed on the pod last week. But when you look at it, you know Callum. Uh, hasn't been pushed really because you've you've got Yoan Lloyd that's you know he's played at fullback he's played on the wing he's not really had a, a run of games at, at number ten Tiff Eden came in didn't he had a couple of opportunities didn't really grasp them last season and now seems to be completely off uh, the radar we lost Max Malins who could comfortably stand in at, at number ten we've got the likes of Willstead. Um, Bedlow, but Bedlow's a centre. He's playing yeah. out of position. He's not a long-term yeah, yeah. option. Willstead and Jack Lloyd, maybe two or three seasons down the line. But but Callum, and thank goodness he stayed fit, and let's hope he stays fit for, for the rest of this season, hasn't been pushed. Next season, you've got two international fly halves that will be, I think, competing in a good way with yeah. each other and, yeah. and will hopefully drive drive higher performances. Just one thing I would like to see Friday. Shall I tell you? Miles get around in. Miles get around in. Um, do you know what? A light show. Right. Because what I've noticed, Harlequins, two Friday night big light shows. Do you know London Irish on Friday in their Prem Cup game? Big light show, Friday night, dark. And we, I mean, Ashton Gate have got a... Don't forget, we've got to keep quite, up with this. We, we've got a big. We've got to keep up with the big stadiums. If these, if this, if these upstarts are doing all these flashy light shows as the, as the opposition come onto the pitch, we, we've got to get one at Ashton Gate. But yeah, have you seen any London Irish fans or Quinns fans go back to their club and say, "We need Simba Cam"? <laughs> it would never happen, would it? No. Yeah. I mean, quite close to the airport as Actually, well. Actually, talking so. about this, boys, I mean, going a little bit off track, because we haven't really had a home game for a while, 10-minute tune. Have we got our heads around this yet? Well, I don't know. I think, you know, it it wasn't a sparkling success, no. was it? But then, Did we ever know, think it was going to be? Did we not think well, it was a long-term thing? It, possibly, but may, maybe we, we pushed it too too fast, too quick, it was, with, with a, you know, a tune that... Uh, has quite a lot of lyrics in it and then doesn't really repeat itself. Yeah. 
So, you know, do we need something simpler? Are you trying to say that we need a learning curve here then, boys? Well, no, I think what, what, what it is, is you some of these songs, especially if people aren't expected it, you need, that's why Bristol, Bristol works, because you actually hear it, understand what it is, and know where you can join in. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to rehearse the lyrics that much. So maybe we should just up it a little bit. I don't know, are there any songs we could go for that, that maybe has that repeat to it, but then maybe, you know, people don't, <laughs> you don't have to know so many um, so words, so many words. <laughs> You sounded like you had a song in mind, Tony. Well, you know, who can forget the huge chart chart hit that was uh, Baby Shark a few years ago? And I just wondered whether we could have Bristol Bears do 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 Bristol Bears do 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 Bristol Bears do 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 Bristol Bears. To me, that sounds like a bit more of a South Stand sort of song. Oh right, we we have. I think we we have got a bit of a problem in the Dolman, haven't we? Because we are intellectuals. Slightly more intellectual. Yeah. Uh, Slightly more. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think we... My uh, sense... Can I, can I just apologise to all South Stand <laughs> listeners? Well, you know, mean, we're not that we, don't, we don't really know any South Standers, <laughs> do we? I mean, I can't imagine any South Standers would listen to a podcast, would they? <laughs> I, I think mean, we're going to get absolutely do they, know what, <laughs> do they know what a podcast is? I don't know. But anyway, I do worry. That was my only worry about the 10-minute tune when we, when we did it, was that... I'm not sure it was the sort of environment for it, for what we tried to do. But I, I think it. I think you're right, Tony. It's got to be somewhere between Bohemian Rhapsody, Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, and Baby Shark. And I'm I, not quite I'm, sure yet. I'm going to disagree. I think we should stick to our virtues, and we should stick with this thing. And eventually, it was so stressful. And eventually, it was stressful. I mean, it was my, you were saying, Pete. That was the most nervous thing we've ever done watching rugby, and that was that was even included in the article in semi-final. I think one of the things we didn't really uh, think about in advance is it's very good to say we're going to do it once the clock's counted down 10 minutes in the first half, but we have absolutely no control about what's happening at the pitch at that point. Uh, and I think there was a Bristol Bristol chant started, didn't there? Yeah, about, that's right. Um, you know, 45 seconds before we were due to go into ours. I don't know whether we need to take some time to reflect and then what about the European games to to, to get it right? Because let's face it, the Welsh will be in town and they like a bit of a sing-song as well, don't they? I do. One thing I did like... Well, one thing I noticed when I went to the Principality Stadium the other week uh, to watch the Wales game, they do that thing. They're randomly, every now and again... There's like a little horn that goes, and everyone goes, whoa, the whole stadium cheers. It's kind of like a, a, a kind of a, a reactive thing. So maybe that is, that's, we should go down that route of we create some sort of recognisable sound that then generates a big cheer. Yeah, but how are we, we going to do that? We would have to play an instrument to do that, Pete. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it was coming over the, over the PA system at yeah. Millennium. Well, maybe it's time to dust off the Vuvuzelas. Well, I've they, still got one oh, from the old 2010 I World Cup. I've got one up in the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Vuvuzelas. Yeah. Or we'll, we'll be as popular as ever if we, <laughs> yeah. if we introduce yeah. that down at Ashton Gate. Yeah. No, I, I, I think we probably need more time to reflect. Yeah, we and do. maybe we need the listeners to uh, help we us out. We need some help, so, really. Some, some examples. What we say is Because we did have some great um, songs we where have. people had written different lyrics for Bristol Bears. 
which is brilliant. But the trouble is, people have to know them to yeah. be able to sing yeah. them. So it comes between that compromise of having something that's kind of reasonably simple to learn, that is repeat repeatable, um, and that actually means something for Bristol, Bristol. Bears fans yeah. and, 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 and means something to Bristol. Yeah, okay. Period yeah. of reflection then. Yeah. So, uh, but thanks for bringing that up. Cheers. Thanks for bringing that up. Can we talk uh, about programmes now? Come on. Let's, let me talk. Give me a second to talk about programmes. Go on then. Right. So, this weekend, our good listener, our good friend, Roddy, Roddy Jenkins, went up to Worcester Warriors, managed to get a programme. And we haven't even mentioned, actually, but I'll come back to this. Got a programme and said it actually, the programme reminded him of the programmes we used to get back in the day in the men. And I just thought, how beautiful was that? Right. Mm. So, again, I know, like, I'm going to keep this short because I know I'm probably boring people since this now with the programme stuff. But people, clubs are still producing programmes like we used to back in the day. And we hadn't even mentioned, obviously, it was our thousandth game a couple of weeks ago, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And we didn't mention that there was no no programme at all to celebrate, to celebrate that. that. And then, I'll keep it short and sweet, but for me, that is an absolute shocker. And Roddy, I'm disappointed that you didn't actually buy me a programme because it <laughs> feels like you've kind of done a miles on me. But at least they've gone to a game. They've managed to... Have a brilliant day. As much as we've got a paste in, but they've shellacking. Roddy's uh, shellacking. Roddy's got a program to bring back, and you know he's got a memento of the day, hasn't he? It's difficult. I, I you know, I, I, from a nostalgic point of view, I, 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 I love the programs. I, I love looking back at the programs. Um, you know, I just it's the American football tonight, Dolphins versus the Jets. So it is. We'll uh, we'll see how that. I think it's fourteen all at the moment uh, in in New Jersey. Um, but when I went up to see the Dolphins uh, play at White Hart Lane, you know, souvenir program. Yeah. Read a bit of it on the train coming home. I've looked at it, you know, and that that will just go in a box that probably in a year's time I'll pull it out and it'll be yeah I remember that yeah. game. I do worry that some of those memories, uh, wh- wh- whether you quite get them when there's there's nothing physical left after the game. And let's face it, when we win, we usually have a few drinks in the bar afterwards that doesn't help memory uh, at all. And the other thing, as a kid, that I used to love is um, actually the tickets as well. Yeah, I've got a, yeah. a, 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 like a scrapbook full of tickets, probably back to the, the 70s. Yeah. And the first football game I ever went to see uh, in 1977. And I just think th- those, are, those are kind of magic memories, seeing England play at the old Wembley, uh, going to World Cups. Um, and none of that now. It's all just a, a s- swipe, swipe through the or even on your yeah. phone now. Yeah, uh, you know. Um, so I, I think, but you know, this is the twenty first century, isn't it? And, and things do move on. But I think it is a shame that there isn't that that physical memento in some form of of, of a big event. I even just just quickly, I even when I went to uh, New York Giants against Miami Dolphins, you know, one I think it was the first game at Wembley Stadium. I was there too. I got a towel. You got I a towel. I got a towel. I got a Miami Dolphins towel as part of the. The po- the program. Wow. The package. So, but I'm not going to let you have it, Tim, because obviously... Well, if it wasn't a game towel, you know, 
that that was a wet night that night. It, it? it was awful, actually. Was it was awful. awful. And Giants won a really poor game, didn't it, they? It was one of the worst games of American football. Anyway, <laughs> this is a rugby podcast. Yes, come on. Sorry, what's sorry, 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 I was just dropping off there, boys. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay, let's move on. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many, many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at bearsbeyondgate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Uh, let's uh, oh, I'll tell you what we haven't done silly me we haven't done predictions um, and Lee congratulations for the England uh, South Africa game you were the closest two on the trot two, two, two on, on the, the trot. trot so uh, very well done for that um, let's uh, let's start off um, Lee your prediction for the game against Northampton uh, I think this is a tricky one actually because like you say Saints are going to be pretty strong up front and it depends on how we cope with that. Um, I think I'm going to go for a Bristol win, but I think it's going to be close. 21-15, I'm going to go for team. 21-15. Uh, Pete? I was. I think it's going to be quite close as well. I think it's going to be three tries to two. I'm going to say 23. What do you say, Lee? He said 21-15. Oh, you say 23-18. 23-18. Miles is going. He's just texted in. He's going for a three-all draw. And um, I I think we're going to win. I, I too, think it's going to be close. I'm I'm actually going to go for a 21-20 Bristol win. Right. Uh, Okay. Um, Carl Sinclair. Started all three of the England games, uh, Pete, during the the autumn internationals. Um, I think played reasonably well. Um, but uh, how how would you rate his performances? And particularly, uh, you know, quite a uh, confrontation with that very physical South African front row. Well, the two sets of front mm-hmm. rows that South Africa play. Yeah, yeah, he, he did really well uh, in the first half. Particularly, I mean, the front row did well. Um, and uh, his face was a picture. First, first scrum got a scrum penalty against the Ox. Gave the Ox a little smile. I mean, he's a cheery chap, Sinclair, isn't he? It was, it was a friendly little smile. Um, I mean, to be fair, the scrum then got battered big time in the second half. But I mean, I think Sinclair looks like he's a lot happier as an individual now. Both, you know, it, he looks happy for England, and I think he's happy for the Bears. Uh, I think the Lions thing was probably good for him, you know, he he had that big downside down that big kind of disappointment and then suddenly turned into a uh and I think we're gonna see well we are seeing a, a, a you know the best of, of Kyle Sigler, the best we've had of him I think. Mm-hmm. And and obviously we now need him to get a nice run in the side over over Christmas and, and some of our big games coming because obviously we're gonna lose him for for the Six Nations. Uh, so we we've got to look after him. You know, we've got to make sure we don't overplay him, because he's a big he's a big player. He's a he's a lion, and he's a he's an England player. And but now we want him to be delivering, yeah. and I think it starts Friday. We want Sinclair. We want Kyle on Friday delivering for the Bears, both in the scrum and 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 maybe I'd like to see. We've said this before. Maybe 
just try, you know, a little bit more in the loose as well. Let's yeah. just see those trademark Sinclair. Quick hands. Quick hands. And I, I, I feel I feel he's just got his pecker up. Yeah. Um, and, and that and he'll be he'll be buoyed by that 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 England victory as part of the team that did it. And yeah. for him a bit of redemption uh for lasting more than like two minutes. <laughs> and, and and I think the thing is as well, you know, with with a FOA not knowing, you know, whether he's going to be available or not, you know, there, there, there's big responsibility now on Carl yeah. shoulders yeah. because he he is the 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 out and out tight head, uh, experienced tight head, and that's no disrespect to uh, Max Laheef or uh, you know Jake Armstrong, but uh, you know if 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 Sinclair's out and uh, a out, that that puts hell of a lot of pressure on those guys. But I mean the one thing I, I like I don't want to criticise Sinclair, but we always seem like when he plays for England, he always seems to be the Sinclair that we expect him to be. I, I I don't necessarily see that he plays the same way for us. I, for me, he's not dynamic enough for us at the moment. And I mean, I don't think we've really seen the four mm. Kyle Sinclair since he's joined Bristol but, Bears personally. But I think he's on an upward trend, an upward trajectory. I just feel that if he plays Friday, we could yeah, that we will see a good, we will see a performance out of that boy. Um, and I think he's on. I think he's just. I was saying to Tony. I think you've gone to the toilet. <laughs> I think I don't know if you heard me. I think he just seems like he's happy with himself, within himself, a lot happier. Yeah. I think that maybe was the problem. You know, he joined the club early, didn't he, in lockdown? And it, and I think if we look back in hindsight, he probably struggled for for that oh, first yeah, season. I yeah, I understand. And, and that. he's and he's and, and you know he's obviously a family. He, I think, yeah, a family he's, a, guy he's as well, clearly and... somebody that needs to be mentally right. Yeah, as well to to be physically right and yeah. and. Different players have different needs, so I, I agree with you. Though I don't think we we still got a lot more to see from from him. Um, yeah. But I do think it's positive. I think he's going to come back from that camp, that England. Sorry, the England camp. Um, and we just got to look after him. We don't want him getting injured. So. Right, and uh, just moving along, then uh, one of our listeners, uh, Peter uh, Pete J, um, uh, emailed us, and uh, just to say he had a. A really good day out at Sandy Park a couple of weekends ago. Uh, took his son Theo down to 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 watch the game. Uh, then when he came out, he was chatting to the coach driver, and uh, um, I didn't know this, but our, our coach, the uh, registration number is BS13EAR. But if you put the one and the three quite close together, it looks like BS Bear. And we'll put a picture of this on our our social media. But uh, evidently a disgruntled Exeter fan came out and told the coach driver that he worked for the local traffic enforcement and would be reporting him on Monday morning. What a sore loser. So, Pete, thanks for um, sharing that story. Um, And, uh, you know, we we had a roving reporter at the the ground that that actually talked to the coach driver and and didn't give us any of this information. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I completely. He did tell me exactly the same story, and I completely forgot to tell you, boys. I was. Uh, I'm sorry about that. Well, but thanks I, for the listeners. Can I just say the BS13 postcode is actually where from, boys? What part? Of, what Withy part Wood? of Bristol? Bishopsworth. Wivywood. Is it Wivywood? BS, BS13. Right. Is Wivywood. There we are. Get on. Uh, <laughs> moving along then. Uh, some news that uh, has broke over the weekend, and that's uh, welcome to Lee on this one. Our, our friend Mr. Diamond is uh, going to join uh, Worcester as a rugby consultant. I think I'm not quite sure what the phrase 
has been used. But uh, what do you make of that? And uh, you know, how how do you think that reflects on uh, you know Jonathan Thomas? Is is that something that he's going to be pleased about to get that extra experience, or does it feel a bit of a you know you're not up to the job? Well, I mean, I think if I was Jonathan Thomas, I'd be I'd be looking over my shoulder right now because if Steve Steve Diamond comes into an organisation, he, he he's not going to come in it, like all right, okay, you might start in a consultancy role, but you know that I think Worcester Boroughs have had worst start to the season ever. I mean, apart from Bath, pretty much propping them up, they would be relegation candidates and I think Steve Diamond's in for, for the long haul and I think it won't be too long before he's probably upgraded his uh his uh, uh what his, his title. His title. Yeah. yeah. Do you agree with that Pete? I think I mean I agree with the fact that as soon as you call the consultants in, you're kind of admitting that nothing everything's wrong. A bit like Bath have got that bloke mm. in from Saracens, haven't they? Um, if I was Jonathan Thomas, I wouldn't be very happy about that at all. I, I would be, I'd be thinking that it's undermining his authority. Um, I think that if I was Jonathan Thomas, I'd be saying, "Well, look, we've got no relegation this season, so give me, give me a bit longer to yeah. to, to to sort things out." Uh, if having read the rugby paper today, I mean, there was a slight ironic twist to it, saying that that. He Diamond might get Chris Ashton back in the fold, <laughs> uh, even though Chris Ashton left Sale because mm. he didn't agree mm. with Diamond, and and that was and I just do wonder. I mean, the reports of the rugby page suggested that Thomas and Ashton had had a big falling out, and hence why Ashton's not around. And I, I can kind of see the same thing happening between Thomas and Diamond. To be honest, I, I I wouldn't be happy if I was Jonathan Thomas. I mean, you know, if there was relegation looming and it's it's a kind of big Sam Allardyce type signing, yeah. To, to you know from the football world maybe but we know there's no relegation no. this season no Sorry. relegation next season so uh, yeah we'll, we'll, feel... we'll, uh, we'll, we'll watch this with uh, with interest to I, see I, how this unfolds I wonder how the Bath fans are, the Bath supporters are thinking about it now because obviously Steve Diamond's also mentioned uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. back coming to Bath so yeah again you know not, I don't want to speak too much about Bath but it'll be interesting to see how their season fares over the next couple of games now they've got mm. uh a few players back, but they weren't exactly steaming ahead, were they, when uh, when they had those players? So uh, let's hope they can keep their run going. Um, and just uh, to finish on this one, I, I couldn't believe... I had to actually reread this. This is uh, another story that was in uh, the rugby paper today. Um, first of all, I think I think I'd probably speak for, for the three of us and rugby fans in general, how disappointed we were that uh, Channel 5, uh, the, the the great one-hour highlight package that was on Mondays on Channel 5 disappeared and no, nobody wanted to to kind of put a bid in for that. Uh, I think that's a crying shame. I don't think it helps us to um, get this sport to uh, a, a wider audience. Um, and it was with disbelief, really, there is a highlight show that is going to come back. I don't know whether it is going to be Monday evening. And the broadcaster that is going to do it is S4C. So a Welsh broadcaster has got the rights to show the English Premiership. Um, and uh, it's the, the show is going to be part in Welsh, part in English. 
And I, I just find it absolutely incredible that, I don't know, a BBC and ITV, Channel 4, Channel 5, um, aren't picking up the, the highlights package. I think it's a really worrying thing for rugby. Pete, I don't know your thoughts on that. Good good that we, we, you'll be able to see, people will be able to see a little bit of uh, highlights package if they can find S4C on well, their preview boxes. But yeah. We will, because we're lucky. We're in the, the region that we'll be able to pick up S4C. But the principle is... I can't really add to that tone. I mean, it is a, it's, it's, it doesn't look good, does it? So, um, but then again, I've always fancied learning a bit of Welsh. So maybe it'd be Welsh learning a language through sport. So we'll see. So I look on the bright side of it. We could, could get a new skill out of it. I mean, there's the teacher in you, isn't it? Always looking on the bright side. It just goes to show, I mean, how much they, they kind of, Respect the rugby in Wales as yeah. opposed to is is what we do on our shores, and I just think it's disappointing in in the least. Yeah, and actually they talk about it because there's so many Welsh players playing in the Premiership that actually there is an interest in seeing how the likes of Reece Samet are performing week in week out. But it just feels a bit crazy for me. Anyway, we're back down the gate on Friday. That's the exciting thing. Lee's got his Christmas tree up, um, and. This will be a festive spirit between now and uh, when we, uh, we when we play Leicester, I suppose. On the, jingle uh, bells, jingle <laughs> bells. Um, so that's it for this show. Um, if you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your favourite podcast platform. We'll be back next week with our review of the Northampton game and also a preview of the game against Gloucester for the Rifles Cup. So until then, goodbye, stay lucky, and come on, Briz.